This is Kyle, and this is part two of episode one. This week we're going to talk about actions that you can take to overcome some of the challenges we discussed in part one. Enjoy. So, you know, let, let's um, let's spend some time talking about, uh, and it, you know, this is an epiphany that I've been having over the last few months. And, you know, I've been at this thing solo without the cubicle for uh, two and a half years now. You've been at it for longer than me. How, how long, roughly, would you say you've been detached? It's going on about four years now. Okay, so um, you've been at it longer than me. You know, so I like to just throw out real world things that have worked versus a lot of theory. In fact... I'm not a big fan of theory. I know that theory has its place. I understand that. But I'm a much more practical um, show me how I can do this, that, or the other today than a let me read three books for three years and then take action. Um, exactly. You know, please definitely chime in with your... As a matter of fact, what what have you done? Let's just start with, you know, Kevin. What What, what have you done to sort of deal with uh, family, for example. I keep my family involved with what I do. I talk to them about it. I tell them I'm thinking about this, that, and the other. Uh, my father did several ventures. The background of my family as entrepreneurship is concerned with taxi cab drivers. And I noticed that within the family, they would have a particular name on the side of the cab that represented the company. But then I also noticed there were periods of times where their own names were on the, on the taxi cabs. And so, you know, my father uh, uh, showing me how different things were done, talking to me about, hey, I'm thinking about this. He was always thinking, always saying, thinking about doing this, thinking about doing that. But in his thinking about doing um, some of the things he knew not how to do, he was still always doing a lot of things that he knew how to do. Uh, from uh, restaurants to um, taxi cabs to doing personal driving services uh, to janitorial. Uh, he did several things. And so, um, you know, you, you've got to have that inner circle support um, and talking to individuals. And then you know who you can talk to and who you can't talk to. Um, and just like you said, you know, if you're still on the social, uh, the socialite level of individuals, the conversations are going to differ. Uh, you're going to be, they're going to be talking about things um, that that just come what one would consider maybe happenstance uh, based on a budget, wherein our eyes were saying, okay, well, you know what, that's um, that's a major cost. So immediately, what's the return on that investment? And if I make this investment for one client uh, and it doesn't cover uh, the cost of, say, the piece of machinery, well then, okay, who do I look to to continue to serve individuals that need this or that market isn't here yet and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on? Um, so you... Through conversation, you end up building a network of individuals uh, that, you know, that, that can get you through a lot of your, your, your things. Um, and there's no disrespect to the spouse um, or your other half. It's that 
they may not be uh, on the level you are as well. And so give that respect and then just keep on moving forward with that. It's all about relationships. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I um, with my family, you have a huge advantage because you come from a family of entrepreneurs. So you're, you, were, you were brought up around entrepreneurs and people may hear, you know, taxi cab drivers aren't entrepreneurs. I mean, if you really know what an entrepreneur is, you know that the taxi cab driver is an entrepreneur. I mean, a person who's doing something that they um, control, um, that they reap the maximum benefits from, uh, is an entrepreneur. It, it could be shining shoes at the 7-Eleven in front of the 7-Eleven down the street, but that business is that person's asset versus working for someone else. And I think that kind of gets lost a lot too, but I don't want to um, digress. Right. That environment is probably that, you know, when you come from a family of entrepreneurs, it's probably the conversations would be uh, probably a lot different than uh, if you are the only entrepreneur in the household. But you did mention, like, is your wife an entrepreneur? Uh, yes, still teetering on it. Um, uh, she had a, uh, a great business that she ran from her heart. And uh, she was actually told that uh, prior to opening up the business. And she told herself, okay, I'm not going to run it from the heart. I'm not going to run it from the heart. But my wife is a carer. She's a nurturer. And so she ran it from her heart. Um, and when you run it from your heart, you're willing to do any and everything that you can. But depending upon the industry that you're in, uh, it's critical to know um, if there are any governing agencies that may have, for instance, um, in, in the uh, professional leagues that may have a, a cap on you. Uh, in some way, and, and in the professional uh, athletic world, uh, they call it a salary cap. Okay, but she's, but still, and, and from the perspective of someone who's also gone down the road of being an entrepreneur, I still would imagine your conversations the, between the two of you are probably a little different than mine with my wife, who has never really... Um, you know, tried entrepreneurship. And that's actually, that's not true. She has, but um, not to the extent of it being her sole source of income. Right. So, yeah, yeah. our conversations are, are very um, diverse because of, of, of my passion just for, and the belief that everybody has a, a gift in them that can um, be developed into self you know, sustainability. I even, even with her, I do have to kind of uh, power down at times. Um, though she enjoys it and she likes it, she's not like me. So I, I have to uh, make sure that I'm lined up uh, in respect to that. But, you know, where you're going with that is, is I agree. Um, you know, and, and that actually speaks to uh, another topic of, you know, how do you how do you work through that or work with that um, in a household where one is still fully employed? And this happens all the time. Uh, they like that corporate world or wherever they are. And the other one, I want to do this venture. And then the opportunity comes. That's I, I think that's an, uh, 
that could be another whole uh, um, episode. Title, yeah, episode <laughs> another topic of discussion. Or, or keeping families together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. That that could be uh, an animal all in itself. Right. You know, I mean, in my house, we we uh, think one of the most important things, and I've heard this from several entrepreneurs. This is not just me. You know, you you, you have to have the right partner. And, um, you know, you think that you you want to do that anyway, if you're going to be committed to somebody, whether it's marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend, live in, whatever. If the commitment is there, you want to be with the right person, you know, and that part is very critical. If you if you are considering, you know, going down the path of entrepreneurship and you don't have the right partner, you're going to find out very quickly. And so how you deal with family is, I, I agree with you, the communication is a key. In my household, we talk about everything. My wife knew, in my case, um, you know, several years ago, six, seven years ago, that, you know, I was going to make this happen. Didn't know how. You didn't have all of the pieces in place, although I thought I needed to at that time. Um, but I knew it was going to happen. That part I was sure about. And uh, so she has been there through um, she's she's watched me try multiple things. She is already sort of um, it's an easier sell for me now when I when I'm talking to her about something that I'm going to do, because we have kept the line of communications open. I didn't just plot this on the side and then, you know, go out and do something that's critical to both of us, both of our lives, and then tell her about it afterwards. I mean, and then on the other hand, you know, because the mindset is different when you're an entrepreneur or you're going down this road, you know, family just isn't always going to get it. You know, my mother, uh, you know, who I talk to uh, very frequently, um, even though she's she's doing entrepreneurial things now in her retirement, but she's she's in she's a baby boomer. So she's um, from the the group that we talked about earlier, which is, you know, she went and she did the, the 40 years and now she's doing her thing. So, um, and, and, you know, that and, and, fine, and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see her living for her for a change, you know, because I remember being raised and just watching the struggles and all of the things that go along with raising kids and, um, how you just are so restricted in what you can really do with your life. Um, you know, I think that also helped uh, push me towards entrepreneurship myself. But, you know, when I talk to her, it's easy to talk to her because she's doing those same things now. But I have people in my family I talk to and friends, especially um, they have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, they, they, uh, it's deer in the headlights, man. It's like, um, and even the ones that do get it, they are still plugged into the cube or sometimes I call it the matrix. They're, they're still plugged in. So they're giving me all the rebuttals that I used to give my, myself when I was, you know, they kept me from making the leap. And it's really surreal. And some of them want to make the leap, but they, you know, they just, they're still getting in their own way, the same way that I was getting in my own way. Um, and I don't really know what, if there is anything that you can tell the person. I think it, it's back to the mirror, man in the mirror conversation, dealing with self first. It, it, it's funny, you know, I often say or use the uh, the description or, or, or the story of 
you know, just jump off the cliff and grow your grow your wings while you're on your way down. Individuals, when forced to grow their wings, they will. And they'll fly. They'll never hit uh, rock bottom. I always use the uh, Roadrunner um, cartoon where uh, Y.E. Coyote hits the bottom and all you see is this puff of dust. But in all actuality, individuals don't, don't hit the ground. When they're forced to do it, they get so resourceful. And they say, man... Why didn't I think of this beforehand? Well, just like you said, within that cube, the, the cube is only so so long and so wide. And so that's they're boxed in. And I had a conversation before uh, earlier with someone um, a few weeks back. And um, when I, and that term boxed in came to mind, I said, yeah, you know, bring your box to my box and we'll all get in a box jam. <laughs> and if you want an example of that, cut the radio on uh, first thing in the morning, listen to the traffic report. It's always a jam somewhere. You know, individual, you always hear horns blowing. They're trying to get here, trying to get there. Now, unfortunate for the individuals who have may, may have been in an incident, you know, that, 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 you know, collision, accident, or what have you. However, that's where the back, but also when you're in that queue, a backup is occurring there. Because nothing is really getting out. None of you is really getting poured into it. it, it it's nothing unique that's there. It is what it is. That, that, you know, that, that's the saying that we often use. And, and you don't see that until you're, a, until you're removed from it. Chicken and the egg, right? You know, that's, that's it. I want to be, you know, I want to be a chicken. But, uh, well, maybe that's not such a good analogy. But you know what I mean. You have to get... You have to catch 22, um, and maybe that's not such a good analogy either. But, you know, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, and maybe I'll leave the analogies alone. But um, it's like this. You want to be there, and you're here. Thinking about getting there is not going to get you there. It'll keep you here. You have to make sacrifice, and maybe that's what I was looking for. You you have to make sacrifice, and you have to make a decision, you know, because the devil's advocate is, well, I have a steady job. I mean, mm-hmm. I got a steady paycheck, you know, I got a car note, credit card debt, mortgage, dog, I got the whole thing. How am I ever going to be able to replace that if I become an entrepreneur? And I think the that is one of the biggest obstacles that keeps the doers um, outside of the box and following the path of entrepreneurship and the uh, and everyone else in the bubble. You know, everyone else is still in the queue because they can't get over that initial hump. But there are other ways to take action and to jump off the cliff, as you say. And that's sort of a, that metaphor is kind of like, uh, to me, if I was in the cube right now and I heard jump off the cliff, I would assume you meant quit my job. But there, I think the misconception is, and this is why it's so important to get your mind right first and start to get rid of all of those myths. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Stop believing every single thing that the the machine is telling you to do. Right. And Mm -hmm. start using your own brain. Start thinking, and, and start giving yourself credit for knowing the answer sometimes without getting confirmation from anybody else. Um, it, it, that's critical because jumping off the cliff is not necessarily quitting your job. There's a million things you can do to start your journey 
that don't have anything to do with quitting the job. And we're, we're talking about one of them right now. It's getting, you know, getting right with you, being honest with you. Um, first, um, you know, one of the things that I would recommend that is very actionable is, you know, do something that you don't do every day. You know, try that. If you have never listened to a, uh, the internet is, I mean, you know, I can't, I don't even know what word to use. You know, if you're not online and being productive online, then I, you know, I really don't know what to tell you. Exactly. I agree. Everything you could possibly need is there. You just have to be able to find your way to it. And, you know, I hear a lot of people, something that I hear a lot, it's, it disturbs me to be quite honest with you, is, uh, you know, um, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to look for. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to search. And I'm talking about the Internet right now. Mm-hmm. And all of those people, they all know how to get on Facebook. Yes, they do. Every last one of them knows how to get on Facebook. They know how to get on Instagram. They know how to tweet. Well, some of them know how to tweet, but they know how to share photos and they definitely know how to uh, send messages back and forth on a, on a, on a smartphone. So, you know, I always I always go back at that individual with, look, you know, if you really want to learn how to do it, then you apply yourself the same way you do to being social and doing things that are entertaining to you. Um, you know, start looking for resources online that talk about entrepreneurship. Um, start listening to uh, content uh, like this this recording that we're making right now. Start reading right. books about entrepreneurship. Start there so that it can you can start to work on you know thinking like those people do and not thinking like you're currently thinking. And that, I think, will lend itself to you very well. And, um, you know, don't think about doing it and, and being out of the cube in a year or six months. Just start to learn how to get your mind thinking about things unlike you've ever thought about them before. Yeah, uh, a lot of good key points um, in that. Um, one of my questions is, what happens when the cube grows for you? You're in the small cube, then all of a sudden the opportunity comes for a bigger cube. And so the bigger cube actually turns into an office that you no longer see it as being a cube. But in reality, it, it's still a cube. It's just bigger and it has a window in it. So what do you mean? Like, so are, you, what, are we talking what, about a promotion that's going to keep me from um, doing what I want to do and tie me to where I am? Know, yeah, that, that 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 uh um uh not sideline um what is it when you get hit from the side uh, blind blindsided yeah you blindsided so does that blindside you with 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 uh a bigger a bigger cube that doesn't look like a cube but in reality it still has four equal walls. Well, you know, um, you know, if, if, if I was still, I'm still playing devil's advocate here, right? But I can tie this to a real life situation. That's, that question brings me to a real life situation. When I, when I went into management and, um, I did very well, by the way, because I was always trying to outwork the, I would always do two things whenever I got into a new job and I changed jobs frequently throughout my career because I got bored very easily. And I always overachieved. Uh, first thing I do is identify the top person 
um, in the organization. And the second thing that I do is start working on outdoing them at everything. Um, and that has always served me very well. And that's valuable as an entrepreneur as well. But um, it, it brings me to a question that I was a situation that I found myself in. Um, you know, I don't know when I was in the queue. Someone asked me, um, basically, the person I was working for got a promotion and they were leaving. And the team that I was on was small. It was only a seven or eight person team. Somebody approached me. And this is another one of those uh, milestones in my life. Somebody from my team walked over to my desk um, and said, did you know you were getting that job? And this completely blindsided me. I hadn't mentioned to anyone that I wanted a job. And to be honest with you, I wasn't interested in in the job. Um, The thought had crossed my mind that, um, well, you know, there's going to be somebody in that seat. And um, I did think about, well, what would it be like? But I didn't have those conversations with anybody. And And I said, well, what are you talking about? And this person says, well, the word is that you're going to be tagged for that job. You know, and I'm thinking, man, I, what are you talking about? But, you know, beyond all of that, right, I'll be, I never took the job. I never I never was asked if I wanted the job. And that may have been because of some things that transpired after that, uh, some conversations that I had after that. But in my mind, for me personally, I was running the pros and cons as soon as I heard that. I wasn't discussing this stuff with anybody else. I was just thinking to myself, well... You know, if I take that job, what I, the conclusion I came to was if I take that job, I've watched the guy that I'm working for work that job for two years. I know what that job requires. I kept doing the math. I, I, I couldn't come up with a reason to give that much of myself to a company. Um, I just couldn't come up with a reason. I, I just saw it as something that would cement me there more and make it more difficult for me to do. What I wanted to do. Well, you and and herein, you observe you you had on your listening and um, uh, observation lens, and that says that <clears throat> with time, am I willing to put this time in? Because we all get the same twenty four every day, and so am I willing to do the time that this individual did? Um, based on what I've observed. And personally, I wasn't. I felt as though the job could be done um, if, if it took time because of uh, uh, the requirements of it and, and, the, and the position, fine. But unnecessarily, after the time had elapsed, that they wanted me there, there was no need of me staying there any longer. Um I utilized technology, I bought it in, I asked for certain things, and I got it, and I used it. Um, also, I think, uh, because if, if when you start talking about time, say for the sake of numbers, you're making $100,000 on, on a job, and and uh, say we'll, we'll call it 40 hours for the sake of it, uh, 40 hours a week. Now we might need to move it up to 50, um, but for the sake of some individuals, um, I said, don't think that they can make $100,000 in a 40-hour week. But anyway, you know, whatever the hours are going to be required that you set in your mind, the minute you exceed that hour is the minute you start reducing your value. And I don't care what they're going to pay you. Whatever it is that they're paying you, once you exceed the 40 hours or 50 hours, 
you start decreasing your value as far as dollars are concerned. You know, that's interesting. I heard I, I heard something the other day, and I'm, I'm, I think I can get this right uh, because it's really fresh in my mind. Uh, with, with the ideas fresh in my mind, as soon as you made that statement, yeah, I think I heard it on uh, a podcast that I, I was listening to at the time, and the person was saying how these MBAs, people who come out of these, <clears throat> excuse me, these top MBA programs, they're they're taught to hire you based on getting three times what you're worth out of you. Okay, so in other words, you know, when you when you hire when these when these when these executive HR folks are planning, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to operate their portions of the company, they're looking to get three times whatever it is that they're going to pay you. They're looking to get three times that in return. You know, yeah. that's the ROI that is expected. I want I may pay you a hundred thousand a year, but I'm going to make three hundred thousand a year. Exactly. You know, so, you know, we, again, another example of getting your mind right. Look at the bigger picture. You know, you're not really all that special. I mean, let's be honest about this. We are exactly. not that special when you're talking about a corporation. Okay, a corporation doesn't have friends. A corporation doesn't have families. A corporation only has shareholders that they're beholden to. And that's where the relationship ends. You know, um, I I can't remember the last time I heard someone mention the word loyalty. And i tell you one thing, they weren't in my age group if they did, because that's a thing of the past. That's really a 20th century thought or theory. Now, I call it a theory because I've never seen it before. I've, I know people who've experienced it, but I've never lived it or experienced it. I've had good jobs, but I've never worked for some place where I really, truly ever felt like I had real security. No, you know, in my corporate tenure, um, in the back of my mind, I was always preparing for that day. And for me, that day was going to be scheduled to be retirement. However, um, I wasn't surprised when I got an early opportunity to, to, to go and explore. And... I, I was I was more than fine with it, um, embraced it as a gift, still do, because some individuals aren't going to move until they're shoved. And I had a plan, and I was putting it in, in, into place, um, but the opportunity came to where I got a chance to start. I got a chance to start my training camp early, which was good, and, and it was key for me. All the things that I did prior to one. One of the things, back to the very first thing that you said, how or what do you tell someone, as it relates to this topic we're talking about time, one of the things that I, I, one of the suggestions I often give is when you really get serious about this thing called entrepreneurship, when you take off, make sure if you can, and we all have personal um, things that we take off for, take off to go to a conference, to a workshop, take off to educate yourself on your industry, your business. Take off, a, take a half a day for that. You, like you said, when, when you say jump off the cliff, it's not literally going up and say, okay, today I quit. It, it, it's a mindset change that says, well, you know what? I'm going to jump off the cliff. Instead of the hour lunch that I take and go and, you know, eat the wrong foods, eat more than I should eat and, you know, at the wrong place and all that, um, I'm going to bring my lunch and I'm going to hit the local library. Or get somewhere, uh, you know, and if you got the flexibility, 
I'm going to run to a, a, a workshop at lunchtime. Um, if I can, you know, if, I, if it's not a set lunchtime, I'm going to do things that are going to start, you know, propelling me forward. Yes. Um, that is what I was looking to hear. I mean, those are excellent examples. They're all actionable because um, when I was in the cube, and I'm sure as you were, um, well, when I took lunch, and that's a whole other story. Yes, it yeah, is. I had been convinced that, or convinced myself rather, that lunch was not really important. That work was more important. And yeah. man, yeah, yeah, I yeah. tell you, I can't even. Uh, yeah, I can't put into words how that's making me feel right now. But uh, that is how that is what my mindset was at the time. But you're right. When you do have the opportunity, looking for opportunities to be what I want to be instead of what the company wants me to be, the company exactly. that you're working for wants you to be. And that is, you know, like you, you just said, you know, it's, you're going to lunch anyway. Learn something while you're at lunch. Go to a meeting. You're going to take days off. You're going to take vacation where you may sit at home and just relax because, quite frankly, you're mentally and physically drained from yeah. this routine of this nine to five. Um, I did the days and um, I know it is not a nine to five. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know, do those things. And I think was one of the big things here that you can do that's actionable is um, and it may not be that easy at first. Um, but, you know, start having conversations with people who also think like you. That's right. You know, don't expect to lean over to your coworker and expect them to understand what you're talking about when you start talking about uh, when you start saying, I'm going to jump off the cliff. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business. Don't expect them to understand what you um, uh, what you mean by that or, or what you're saying. I had another, you know, really interesting story on that same topic. Um, when I was uh, when I was in the cube, I found that I was always trying to have those kinds of conversations, okay, with coworkers, mm-hmm. and it was an uphill battle. Yes, it is. You know, it was an uphill battle that I continued to try to have because I quite frankly, thought some of them just were holding out on me. They just didn't want to tell me what they were already doing because in my mind, hey, everybody's got to be trying to do something outside of working this job. Everybody's got to have something that they want to do outside of this job, um, which I know now is not the case. Um, It's not. But another thing is that a lot of folks who do not think that way, they are not really interested in having those conversations. They don't want you to pull the blinders off because they're afraid they'll go blind if you pull the blinders off. They don't want anything that's going to keep to obstruct them, you know, from from you know following that yellow line. You know, your one of your your sayings that you always mention. They <laughs> they don't want anything to keep them from following that yellow line down the hall versus right. painting their own. If I got that right, you got it. That's it. They don't. You, you're a distraction when you are talking about starting your own business or leaving. You're a distraction, and you and you hurt them, and you 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 are hurting. You're pointing the finger back at them and saying that they are somehow not good enough. Like what you have already, if it's not good enough for you, you must not be because you want to do something else. Well, it's not good enough. What are you saying about me? You're saying I don't, I don't, I'm settling for less. Is that what you're saying about me? And I had somebody literally tell me those words. Um, back when I was a craft person before management, 
So it's not a management. You know, I like to point that out too. Is I saw a lot of the same things in the blue collar side of the house as I did on the white collar side of the house. Yep. Same personalities. You know, mm-hmm. titles are different, roles are different. Same. So I saw the same mentalities. I saw people who did good jobs on both sides, and I saw people who didn't do their job and didn't deserve to be there on both sides. In my opinion. Um, but someone told me once, literally those very words, like, why would you want to leave here? That's right. What are you saying about me? And I'm like, you know, I'm not saying anything. I'm not even having a conversation about you. I'm talking about me and what I want to do. So it's really a psychological hurdle to just to get your mind right, just to start to, to jump off that cliff, to start thinking about tomorrow in a way that you've never thought about it. Um, before, you know, take some of that Netflix time and read a book or read a podcast, go online, find yourself some groups of like-minded people. They they are all around you. Even where we live, even, you know, they're there. I mean, that's how you and I met. So, you know, we're living proof that you can, you know, hook up with people who have common interests and like minds. Um, our region is, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. One of the things I was going to say is one of the things, I, as I was telling you in our conversation prior to this, is um, going a different route um, and, and and telling you uh, one of the locations that I go to weekly, I take a different route there. Uh, and, and people aren't comfortable with getting outside of their comfort zone. So uh, reading a book or, or going here, I actually did that a couple of weeks ago. I invited someone who's who's teetering on some different ideas. I said, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to head to the local coffee shop. You know, I'm going to sit back and, and, and do some reading. Let some ideas flow. You want to go? Uh, well, I'm not too shy. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny to me. Um, but, you know, that's that. that that is what it is, and that's that's fine. Um, I, I, I put the invitation out there. Uh, the fact that they didn't want to take it, that's fine. Hopefully it'll be something that they can move back on later in life and say, you know what, I remember when I got this phone call to go to uh, a location other than where I'm at to do some thinking and, and, and let the environment speak. You know, maybe they'll jump on it um, uh, then. But... As far as taking a different route, individuals, they go to work one way and they come home, you know, whatever way that they come home. Uh, it's not about the scenic route. Um, and the scenic route can do so much for you because you can see some things that you wouldn't necessarily see. Yeah, I, that's funny. Um, you know, that that, that reminds me of um, the situation where, you know, um, I have also a friend. Uh, this is why having conversations with one another is critical. Uh, you know, two minds are always going to be better than one. Um, you know, I also have a friend that I've been working with that I used to work with in the queue and, um, he's still there and he, he wants to take those steps. And, um, you know, uh, you know, once another reason why it comes back to you and one on one and getting right with you and being honest with you because he wants to do it. Um, he his 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 common law wife and I all sat down over coffee and we were talking about it. 
And uh, I'm, I'm telling him, you know, he was really just he took, it was like getting in the time machine because he was harping on these things that I've long gotten over. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I used to obsess over, that I've long gotten over. He, 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 we're talking about him and his future, and I'm doing my best to help where I can. And, you know, he's dwelling on and on about this one particular manager that doesn't like him. And, you know, I'm like, I'm telling him, I'm saying, you know, the world is a whole lot bigger than that person that you're talking about. It, right. It's a lot bigger than that organization you work for. It's a lot bigger than the company that you work for. I say, and when you start looking at the world that way, this year, next time, you won't even remember that person's name that you're spending all of your time telling me about right now. You know, well, both of our time, really. But, you know, I was there to listen to him. So um, whatever he said was fine. But, you know mind getting your mind right is about recognizing those kinds of things you know and he uh you know i made an offer to him to make those meetings a regular thing and he apparently wasn't ready for it and that's fine because they we haven't had him again uh, it doesn't make him any less of a person it just points out that you had the, your, your, your experience is similar and it just goes to show that there's a trend right there's that trend of People not being able to get out of their own way to do what they want to do for themselves. And that's and that's it. <clears throat> um, you know, you, there's so many different sayings. You lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I mean, they just go on and on. And again, it, for me, it's about the invitation to individuals. I'm going to continue on my path. I'm going to continue to build those relationships that I feel are key and that I know are instrumental in, in me moving forward. Um, I'm, I'll continue to plant seeds for other individuals because in planting those seeds, I then um, actually create a harvest time for myself. Uh, that other individual, well, their harvest time might be a year, two years, 20 years later. That's fine. That's on them because there's nothing worse than having a harvest time coming. You don't know what to do with the crop. You know, I was um, I was listening to something today. It was a podcast I was listening to earlier today, and uh, the topic of similar topic to what we're talking about. You know, which I thought was eerie, an eerie coincidence because we planned this a week ago. <laughs> um, I have no idea when they planned theirs, but. Um, you know, but the, the the point is uh, the topic steered towards, uh, you know, the mentality. A lot of the discussion was similar to ours, you know, the, the nine to five mentality. Um, but it, one of the things that um, really came out of that for me was, you know, it was it was confirmation on what I'm learning uh, and to some degree have learned, which is you got to get you have to find yourself in like circles of like people. You got to find them. And you got to keep yourself there. I can't tell you all the different ways to do it. Um, I could talk about some of the, we have already talked about some of the ways we've done it. Um, but that's critical. It's critical because um, it will help you with that loneliness. Because it will put you in uh, circles with other people who are challenging the world the way you're challenging the world with entrepreneurship. Um, and that is, you got to have that on this journey that support system you have to have it you need to start challenging the way you're living now and this is for anybody who's still in the queue 
working a nine to five, um, or hell, even if you're in college and you've been told that this is you have to go here or you won't be successful, you won't amount to anything. Um, you know, all of that is that one mindset. And that's what really I think is important here to understand. That's one mindset, and it's not the only mindset. You know, um, there was a list, uh, Forbes put a list out a couple of months ago about the most, the 100 top successful people in the world and on their standards, based on their standards. And they, they pulled out a segment that never went to school. That happened to be the largest segment in the group. They pulled out a segment that did have the higher education. They pulled out the segment that had inheritance. And, you know, I just thought it was very interesting that uh, there were so many people in there they just wanted to do it and did it. You know, they didn't. They didn't go to school. They didn't take classes. They didn't. They didn't do a lot of the things that people. And I'm not beating up on school here, but I'm just making the point that they didn't. School wasn't the only thing that was on the list. They didn't do all of the things that they had always been told that they had to do. They didn't follow the rules that had been laid out for them, and they all became successful because they put themselves on the path. It worked hard, and they got to you know, where they wanted to be. Yeah, uh, and and that's that's that passion, that's that drive that supersedes. Um, you know, we've had discussions before as it relates to individuals being in environments that aren't any good to them, and um, you know, just sitting there day in and day out, and that's not really what you know. It, it, it there, I believe there's your, your past is significant for your future. But when you can start identifying things and you can start lining up, um, there was one particular individual who decided to leave uh, the world of management and go back to being in the world of uh, being an associate non-management because it lined up with what they wanted to do when they retired. And they were in management for years. And people are like, oh, you're crazy. You know, what are you doing? Well, you know, they ended up making a very lucrative career when they retired based on the latest how-tos. Um, and, you know, got some pretty decent contracts. And uh, last I saw that individual, they were, they were okay. You know, didn't do them very nicely. And I'm saying that's not the route that you have to take. But for that individual, that mindset change was like, you know what? I'm up here, I'm on this level, I want to get back into um, the grind of things. Because when I transition out, I got some stuff I want to do. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, it sounds like they had, it sounds like they went from management into, and I've heard similar stories, not completely the same as the one you're telling, but from the perspective of uh, you climbed the ladder, went from um, associate to management, and then got to management, saw that uh, the Wizard of Oz wasn't real, and then, you know, either left the company or went back to being an associate for whatever reason. Right. You know, yep. a lot of the stories that I've heard were, well, I was making more money as an associate and, quite frankly, not being held, uh, uh, not as much was expected of me. And yes. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, not only people just figuring out who they really are and what they really want. It also has uh, some of it has to do with the way companies are structured that have uh, 
unions, which is a topic for another <laughs> entirely right, 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 entirely right. different discussion. But what we want to focus on here is just that the how the mindsets changed for these people uh, who went from being an associate and went to be in management and then went back. And, you know, uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, a big part of it was when I went from being an associate to being management, there wasn't anywhere else for me to go but out the door into being my own boss because I had seen what the future was going to be. Uh, back to that job, a uh, potential job that I could have had. won't really know whether I was going to get it or not, but um, I had seen where my future, what my future looked like, was going to look like had I stayed uh, on that, that ladder, you know, and I think that helped really, uh, that helped me in my mind put things into perspective and decide this is what I really need to do. Um, staying here isn't going to get me fulfillment. It isn't going to get me the, the what I really want. I may make the money. Uh, I'll be paying a bunch of taxes and I'll also be working extremely long hours and not feeling fulfillment as a result of that. And I just wasn't willing um, to do that. So, yeah, that's that's just a really good point on example of mindset change. Right, um, right. And and that reflects back to earlier discussion on time and things like that that will, you know, this segment. And, and um, to be clear, when we talk about associate management, non-management, we're talking specifically in the world of telecommunications. Right, right. <clears throat> Although I do think there's, I mean, there's similarities, right? In, oh, no question, no question. In, in any any corporation um but uh, i think after you get past corporation and you get to mom and pop businesses some of the terminology won't really make sense but then again you know we can only focus or talk about what uh, our experiences were um and not necessarily what someone else's experience is but you know i always like to say you have to read between the lines sometimes you know Yes, you and, I, and I believe this is this is cross industry, um, <clears throat> but I just wanted to you know make clarification of you know for us specifically uh, for anyone uh, for those who are listening. Okay, well I think Kevin, I think this has uh, been uh, great, valuable for me, and hopefully for anyone that's listening, and. Um, uh, hopefully, will uh, there will be more of these to come? Well, I'm I'm in. I'm in it to win it. Um, I, I think this was great. I learned a lot about uh, Skype and recording, and I'm gonna look into <laughs> this editing thing. Um, this is this is really kind of kind of slick. So um, I'm, I'm I'm liking this a lot. Um, got my technology center set up here. I got some ideas in my head. For real. Well, the sky's the limit. That's one of the, the, the things that I've always loved about technology is it, it, it turns every individual into a factory, in a sense. It, it does. A manufacturer. And you know what? Uh, and that's a good topic to talk about. What are we manufacturing? Which is a good... I agree. That's a good <laughs> segue. Um, which raises a question before we close this out. Anyone who is listening who 
this information resonates with, who uh, has had this similar experience, who is going through a similar experience right now, um, leave your uh, comments in the comment section um, of this page. Uh, and if this uh, recording should wind up somewhere where there aren't any uh, comments, uh, you can reach me personally um, through my site, uh, my blog at kylembrown.com. And I don't know if you want to leave anything on that, Kevin. Um, sure. Uh, I could be reached um, as well um, through my blog at um, uh, FSJ Enterprises dot wordpress.com alright well I think that wraps it up and um, until next time enjoy